And so often, the book of James demands from us, because he's fairly straight talking, isn't he? It demands from us what we cannot deliver. But every single time, Jesus delivers what we demand. Tuning in live, uh, it's 10 o'clock Bahrain time. A very good morning from me, Pastor James. It's our fellowship. Uh, if you're watching us live, uh, maybe you can uh, drop us a comment and let us know uh, who you are and where you are watching and who, uh, who you're with and, uh, and all those things so that we can say hi and, uh, and that we can interact and gather as such without gathering. So, oh, Odette, first one to watch. Very good. Good morning. I uh, hope you and Dirk are doing well. And Robin, you've kind of got to watch. Anel, good morning. Hope those babies are okay. A few people started to tune in. It's a couple of minutes to 10, so we've started the stream a couple of minutes early. Uh, so we'll, uh, just to let people kind of get online and, and catch up with what's going on. So uh, I've got 9.59, so we'll kind of hang around for a minute and, uh, and then we'll get going proper at 10 o'clock. Mark, good morning, watching in Saudi. Heather, good morning. Are you in Bahrain or are you outside of Bahrain? Maybe you could, uh, could comment back and let us know. Just waiting for the YouTube live thing to kick in as well. Good morning to the White family in Hamala. A pic, oh wow, the Ratif's having a picnic church date. Uh, Anel, you could save some of that food. Maybe send it down here to the office. That'd be great. Uh, if you want to deliver it or you get Harry to deliver it, that'd be fantastic. So we're just waiting for the YouTube live stream to kick in at 10 o'clock and, uh, and then we'll, we'll make a start proper. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, if, if you're watching us live, uh, this is how we are gathering. This is how we are maintaining community right now. Uh, we want to honor and follow what the government is saying uh, with regards to gatherings. Um, so this is how we're going to gather digitally, virtually, online, however you like to refer to this. This is how we're doing church uh, until things change here in Bahrain. If you're in touch with friends around the world, you'll see that this is how everybody uh, is, is doing church at the moment. Some people are preaching to an empty room. Uh, we rent space in the school, so we're just not allowed in. So for, for us, this is, uh, this is down. Uh, this is down at the office, so we'll try and get the YouTube uh, live thing going, and then uh, and then we'll make a start proper. Right, let's just try. We'll try and get that YouTube live going as well with the link that we sent to people, and then. Uh, And we should be good. Right. Connell, good morning. In Janus and Nisha, the Hillman family. I presume you're all there. But, uh, right, how did we 
How did we go live with this last week? Let's see, let's see. It should, there we go. All right, so we're going live on YouTube. Uh, for those who've got the YouTube link, we're live on Facebook and we're also recording it for our podcast. Uh, there we go. So the YouTube live thing has kicked in. So we'll make a start proper. Very good morning and uh, a warm welcome into your homes this morning. Uh, as we've just said, if you're watching live, uh, this is how we are gathering for church at the moment. So if you're on uh, Facebook, good morning. If you're on YouTube, uh, good morning. This is how we are gathering at the moment. This is how we are maintaining our community uh, in the middle of these times that you know nobody alive right now has ever seen it before. Uh, if you're watching on Catch Up, if you're watching this later on in the week, uh, this was live Friday morning, 10 o'clock Bahrain time. So let's try and be around for 10 o'clock next week. Uh, I'm going to start by reading from Psalm 91. We read in Psalm 91 that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Lord, we thank you for this technology again that allows us to gather, uh, even though we cannot do so physically. Uh, we thank you for the diligence uh, that people worldwide are showing at the moment with physical distancing. Uh, we pray that it never becomes social distancing, that we can still be a part of each other's lives, uh, even though not physically in these very... Uh, new and different and uncertain times. Uh, we thank you for the, for the timeless truth that your church is a body of people called out of the world. And whether we gather in the same room, whether we gather digitally, whether we gather in prayer or however we do it, Lord, that we are still part of your church. We know that Jesus is head of the church, that he builds his church, and he has said that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. So Lord, protect us this morning. Uh, keep safe those in our family that cannot join us uh, this morning as we gather and assemble and we just pray that uh, all we do and all we say during the week brings glory to you, uh, points people uh, to uh, the refuge and the shelter that you are, and uh, just brings glory to your name. And we pray in Jesus' name, and I'm going to trust that you all said, Amen. So we began uh, our series through James, the book of James last week. We were looking for a little bit of normality and stability, uh, even though things are changing literally every day uh, around the world. And we began our study of James last week, didn't we? We started in chapter 2. And uh, if you don't know why we started in chapter 2, go back, find our podcast on the church website or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, go and find it uh, and then find out for yourself why we started in James chapter 2. And we kind of, we said that, that James is kind of, thank you Kerry, it's a little bit delayed, but thanks for the amen. Uh, we said that James is, is 12 kind of standalone teachings that do have some overlap. And last week we talked about making distinctions between people, showing partiality, uh, treating some people differently to other people. And today the overlap is that treating people differently is something that you do, it's an action. And this morning we're talking about faith and 
works. We're talking uh, about works and what we do and, and how we do it. Uh, remember as well that James was writing to a, a bunch of Christians from a Jewish background that have now discovered this burden-lifting glory that salvation and justification is by faith alone. So they've grown up going to temple, doing this, doing that, you know, works-based righteousness. Now they've, 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 they've found this thrill that the burden is lifted and, it, and it's not on them. And is, as is very, very human, they've gone all the way to the other end of the scale. And now they just think, well, how I do and what I do doesn't really matter anymore. There's no need to live in any particular way anymore because it's all about faith. But we know, don't we, that ours is a faith. We show it. We show what we believe by what we do and how we do it. It's more of a prove it to me and show me kind of faith. And uh, we, we, again, we need to be really, really clear when we're talking about faith and works that these works are not salvific. And by that we mean that your works don't save you. You don't do works to be saved. You do good things in your life because you are saved. And it's the same when we're looking for a job. And uh, nobody would have really expected that you'd look for a job where they encourage you to stay home. But again, that's where a lot of us are this week, isn't it? Uh, but when you're looking for a job, you can't just turn up and start working and then expect to be paid. It's, it's just not how it works. You can't work and work and work and work and work and then be told, you know what? Yep, now you are hired. That's, that's not how it works, is it? You are given a job before you work. First, when we, when we take a new job, we need to accept the, the terms and conditions of our employment. We need to read them and understand them. Then we're briefed on what to do and how to do it and what not to do. Maybe we spend a bit of time with a colleague who has been there a little bit longer than we have and they show us what to do and how it looks in real life. And you know, look, the you know, your, your, your contract, your employment contract says this and, and this is what it looks like in real life. How we go from on paper to real life. And it's the same with our faith. We're always learning. We're always accepting. We're always growing. We spend time with other people. We read a lot, don't we, about iron sharpening iron. I'm spending time together because it's good to spend time together. It helps both people grow. And we seek to work within the lines that we're, we're, that we're given. Today then we're talking about your life of faith, your life to live. We said James is all about your life to live and there are 12 different things to, to start doing, stop doing, change how you do doing them. And uh, today what does working faith look like? So faith and works, what does it look like? What does working faith look like? look like and where does your working faith take you uh, so if you've not done so already uh, let's open up your bibles to james chapter 2 and we're right in the middle of it today we're going to pick it up in verse number 14 so james chapter 2 verse 14 and first we're going to see can you have faith without any works so read with me james 2 14 to 19 
says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. So we see then in verse 14, we see straight away, can we have faith without works? And when we're talking about works, when James is talking about works here, he's talking about deeds actions, the, the, the product of what you're doing. It's, it's not specifically uh, religious rule-keeping things. It's just what you do with your life. And straight away then, uh, can we have faith without works? And uh, Bible commentator J. Ronald Blue said that genuine faith is evidenced by works. So short answer is no. Can you have faith without works? The, the short answer is no. And then in verses 15 and 16, we get a very, very practical example of, look, if somebody is, is, is poorly clothed, lacking in food, you claim to have faith in Jesus. Somebody's poor, lacking in food, lacking in the daily necessities, and you say to them, go in peace. James says, doesn't he, what good is that? There's, that doesn't do much for them, does it? They're, they're, they're lacking in food, they're lacking in clothes. Uh, we read that they're poorly clothed, lacking in daily food. So it's the, the, the absolute necessities. And you say to them, go in peace. What does that do for them? It does very little for them. And uh, we, we, we're, again, we see, we're talking about, James is talking about the, the kind of works. It's not sacrificial system ritualistic religion works it's loving your neighbor as yourself it's doing good deeds good works which we were created to do we read in the bible to love others loving others helping others to value others more highly than ourselves that's what he's talking about he's not talking about rituals and sacrifices and, and, and doing stuff to uh, ritualistic religious things check the box and I'm, now I'm going to be saved he's just talking about loving your neighbor as yourself and he says in verse 17 doesn't he that faith by itself if it doesn't have works is dead and what he means is it's dead in root and it's dead in fruit let me say that again it's dead in root and it's dead in fruit. It's dead in root because we know that when we are planted in God's word, when we're planted in relationship with Jesus, when we're planted and empowered by the Holy Spirit, we are. The root there is living. And we will do things that show this, the fruit. And where there is no root, there is no fruit. And where there is no fruit, it's a sign that there's no root. When we are rooted, we are always producing fruit. 
If your saving faith in Jesus is rooted in the truth, if you are a fully regenerate, born-again believer, there will be signs of this in your life, in what you do and what you don't do. That's what James is talking about, faith and works. You will be producing fruit that glorifies God. And in 1547, John Calvin wrote that faith, it's faith alone which justifies and yet the faith that justifies is never alone. And he went on to write that it's like the heat of the sun. He said, uh, just as the heat alone of the sun warms the earth, it doesn't come by itself. It always comes with the light of the sun. So basically what he's saying is that the heat of the sun, the light of the sun, faith evidence of faith, the, the, the works that he's talking about are absolutely inseparable and you cannot have a genuine one without a genuine other. And as we continue in James, some people obviously disagree and start to differentiate be between the two and they say, look, well, you know, you, you've got your faith and I've got my works. Can faith be shown then without and you know, some people are, some people do feel very called to particular ministries, don't they? If you're part of a church family, uh, you will know that there are, it takes all sorts. We read about the church as a body and some people, uh, are the ears, some people, are the toes. You know, we need all these different kinds of people to make a church work healthily. And so people are called to very, very different things. And some people feel called to... Uh, you know, lots of acts of service and homeless ministry and prison ministry. Maybe they've got a heart for a very particular part of the world. And others may say, well, I don't really feel called to, to do that. I don't feel led. My, my, my skills, my experience, my, my, uh, just what I enjoy doing doesn't really push me down that particular uh, ministry path. And that kind of thinking is, is coming out here when people are saying, look, you've got faith and I've got works. And James is saying, well, hang on a minute. You, you can't say that doing good works and living a good life is not your calling and not your gifting. And he's saying, look, there's no such thing. It all comes with your life of faith your faith what you believe will show itself by what you do by how you live your life we're not talking about being led and called and kind of encouraged into particular ministries james is talking about living the, the living the life showing your faith by what you do and he's making this point that that pure intellectual belief Pure intellectual understanding and acceptance is not enough. There are just thoughts roaming around your head. And he says in verse 19, look, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. So believing in God is one thing. Uh, intellectually understanding, uh, heart accepting that there is a God is one thing. 
And that's a very Jewish phrase. Remember, he's writing to formerly Jewish, now Christian, Messianic Jews. He's writing, he says, look, uh, it's, you, you believe that God is one. He's, he's, he's throwing it back to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6, uh, the, the Shema, the prayer that the Jews were called to pray every day. You know, uh, here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. So he's throwing it right back to them, this very Jewish phrase. Believing in him, understanding and accepting that he is one, is, is one thing. Believing in him is very, very different to believing him. Small difference if we're writing it or saying it. Big difference in how it looks in our life, isn't it? Huge difference between believing him, I'm going to take his promises as true, I'm going to take him at his word, I'm going to act how the word tells me to act, I'm going to live how the word, word tells me to live, not the world, the word and there's a very big difference between that and saying, yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, I believe in God. I believe there's some something, somebody, somewhere out there. Very big difference. And uh, A.T. Robertson said that in the beginning, in the beginning of your faith life, in the beginning of your, your, your Christianness, shall we say, in the beginning, the claim to faith is accepted. So all it takes... To begin your Christian life is to make the claim, to say, yes, I believe this, this, and this. And Robertson went on to say, in the beginning, the claim to faith is accepted, but the life must confirm the claim if we are to continue to believe in it. Now, how many times have we met people who say they're a Christian, and maybe they even, they're so sure that they're a Christian and they make the right profession of faith and they're baptized. But then slowly over time, their life doesn't catch up. And as Robertson says, if, there, if, if we're to continue to believe, then our life has got to catch up. Our life has got to reflect what we believe. And that's what James is saying. So can you have faith without works? James says no. The Word of God says no. Faith will show itself by what you do. So the short answer is no. Not really. There will always be fruit to prove the root. Now if we were together in church, I'd be pausing and asking for a, a big verbal amen. But again, we're doing this uh, online if you're live, maybe you can comment and, and drop an amen. You can hit that like button 5,000 times. But faith will show itself by what we do. Can you have faith without works? Uh, thank you, Nisha. Short answer is no. There will always be fruit to prove the root. There we go. I can see some amens coming in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nice to know that people are with us. So can you have faith without works? No. There will always be fruit to prove the root. And then James gives, as is, his, as is his style, he gets very, very practical. And he gives a couple of very practical examples. Oh, we're getting some amens on YouTube as well. Uh, so if you're with me live, let's continue and let's read uh, between uh, verses 20 and 25. Uh, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, he's, he's, maybe he's losing a bit of his patience here. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? 
Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? James, again, throwing it back to the Old Testament for these Jews turned Christians and he's showing, like, look, you're, the, the, there's some practical examples of your professed faith. And he's showing these Jews turned Christians that this is the natural progression, the natural outworking of God's forever plan. That, look, this isn't a new thing. Faith and works go hand in hand. And he, he uses Abraham Father Abraham offering up Isaac. His faith was shown in what he did. His faith was completed. James means it was uh, sealed. It was capped. It was evidenced. Uh, if you've done uh, university study or any postgraduate study, uh, you finish your degree, you finish your course of study with a capstone project, a big piece of, of work to finish off everything that's come before it so when James says faith completed by works it means it was sealed it was capped it was evidenced by what Abraham did just picture Abraham sitting in his tent and being and being told all these wonderful things the promises that are coming to you and uh, and then saying yes amen and then just carry on, carrying on about his day, not really doing anything, based on what God had just told him, is not the same, is it? His works, his life, showed that he believed God and that he trusted God. Sitting in his tent and nodding in agreement and then just carrying on about his business. I'll come back next week for more of this uh, uplifting, encouraging talk just wouldn't have worked, would it? He needed to do some stuff to prove he needed to show the fruit of the root. After using the father of the Jews, James uses Rahab, a Gentile prostitute, and he shows there that saving faith is for Jews and Gentiles. She, Rahab, she said back in Joshua, look, she's talking to the two, uh, the two advanced spies. She said, look, we all heard about you, about God's people, and we were scared. So she hears, she feels some stuff, and then she does some stuff about it. So it's gone from her head to her heart, and then to her hand. She's doing some stuff with her faith. There is fruit coming from the root inside her. And she said, I know the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. 
And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any men because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. So she hears, she accepts, and then she does something about it. So two here, with, with James, Abraham and Rahab, two very practical examples of believing God and then doing something about it. Working faith looks like this. We hear the word and then we do something about it. And if you're a note-taking, tweeting, Instagramming, Facebook-quoting person, try this. We see with Abraham and with Rahab that faith is the force that works the work. Faith is the power behind the product. Now again, if you're a tweeting, Instagram, and Facebooking kind of person, I'll say that again for you. Faith is the force that works the work. Faith is the power behind the product. Now a lot of people read James here and think, well, he seems to be contradicting Paul because Paul teaches very, very clearly that we're justified by faith alone. And James has just said, hang on a minute, it's faith plus works. But Paul also understood how important it was to prove your character, to show your faith with some work, some deeds, some actions, some life. And he wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, just after he'd said we're saved by grace through faith. Immediately after that, Paul writes, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're saved by faith, to do some stuff. And he also wrote in Titus, he said, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly. Paul, church planter, writes to Titus, pastor, and says, teach people this, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. So Paul understands too, we're saved through faith, we're justified by faith, but then it is capped, sealed, evidenced. Now, if we make this really, really personal, your life, your works, my life, my deeds, what we do matters. Think about right now in your life. It matters so much how you are conducting yourself during a global pandemic. If you're a Christian, if you've got faith in Jesus, it matters so much how you are living through this time. Let me tell you why. If you claim to be following Jesus, you cannot be down the supermarket elbowing people out the way to get the last bottle of hand sanitizer. You cannot be doing that if you're telling people you're a Christian. You cannot be doing that. You cannot and should not be sending rude, discouraging messages to those in leadership of schools, churches, businesses, airlines, sports clubs, government, anywhere, criticizing the decisions that they're making around community health. You, believer, 
should be reaching out in support to say, what can I do for you? How can I support you? How can I pray for you? What do you need? Are you all right? If you're professing faith in Jesus, how you are conducting yourself through this pandemic is so important. You can't be on social media saying, oh my gosh, did you hear? Blah, 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 blah. I heard that this is going to happen. You cannot be doing that if you're professing faith in Jesus. Your life matters. Your conduct matters. Your works, your deeds, your life matters. What you do is so important. Your life of faith is going to show itself in what you do and how you do it. So think about this. What is your fruit saying about your root? If you're telling people that you're rooted in the promises of God, in his word, in the finished work of Jesus, that you're indwelt and empowered by the Holy Spirit, what is your fruit saying about that claim? James then kind of wraps things up in verse 26. And uh, read with me, he says, uh, James 2, 26, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. A body with no breath is dead, and so, says James, is faith without works, without evidence, without fruit, and without proof. Uh, Thomas Manton said that here, James concludes his whole argument showing how little is given to an empty profession of faith without works. He said it's like the body without the spirit of life. So what does working faith look like? Where does working faith take us? And again, if you're a note taker, this is it. Where does working faith take us? Genuine, regenerate, born again, faith in Jesus, faith results in active obedience to Jesus' teachings. Working faith, therefore, working faith takes us to Jesus every single time. Let me tell you why. Because we try and we try and we try to be so obedient, to do good works, to show our faith and we realize through our trying we realize do you know what i just can't i cannot ever try as hard as i might i cannot ever live this holy sanctified righteous life that we are called in the word of god to live we can't you can try 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 you can work, 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 and you'll never live this kind of life. Back in chapter 1, James writes, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So we need to be doers. We want, we so badly want to be doers of the word. But when we try, we realize that we're failing, don't we? Because the standard is so very high and it's 24-7, 365. And we can't. We want to live this life. But we can't. 
And then we realize, we realize that we failed again. Our working faith is never going to be enough. So where does our working faith take us? Well, our working faith takes us to the good news, to the gospel that says, do you know what? I know you're going to fail. I know you're going to slip. And I know you're going to trip. And do you know what? Keep trying. But don't worry. Because I've already done it for you. And so often, the book of James demands what we cannot ever deliver. And there's tension in that. If you're... If you're earnestly and, and, and you know really trying to live the life that the word of God calls you to live there's tension in that because you want to and your fleshly broken human sinful self doesn't want to and how do we settle that tension you're trying you're trying so hard to evidence your faith but you could do more you're trying to love every single person equally that crosses your path. But people are so hard to love, aren't they? We are. We're, people are so hard to love. You're trying so hard to evidence what you believe, but you know deep down it's just not enough. And so often, the book of James demands from us, because he's fairly straight talking, isn't he? It demands from us what we cannot deliver. But every single time, Jesus delivers what we demand. Let me say that again. The book of James demands what we cannot deliver. But yet every time, Jesus delivers what we demand. He delivers hope encouragement, imputed righteousness, justification by faith, right standing before God, reconciliation in relationship. He delivers all these things to us every single time. Where is the gospel in the book of James? Because on the surface it looks like it's calling us to do lots and lots of stuff. Where is the gospel in James? It's right here. That no one is truly obedient. No, not one. No one consistently demonstrates with the fruit in their life. No one consistently demonstrates true faith. Nobody. Only one person ever did. Only one person consistently demonstrated true and pure faith and obedience in God and to God. So that is where working faith takes us. It takes us to the person, to the method, to the vehicle that delivers what the book of James demands. We need to admit the bad news to receive the good news. And that is another work of faith that we need to do every single day day admit the bad news that you know what i'm going to try try i'm going to keep trying i am going to try i'm going to try 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 so hard i'm never going to get there but somebody did 
So working faith will always take us to the refuge of the gospel and to the person and the work, the finished work of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and how it challenges us and convicts us and, uh, and encourages us to live the life that you made us to live, a life of obedience to you and a life of, of, uh, of glorifying you and, 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 and worshipping you through all that we say and do. Lord, we know deep down that try as we might, we are never going to be able to consistently every single day demonstrate through the fruit in our lives that we are rooted in you and we, for this we ask forgiveness we know that your, your mercies are new every morning and we know and we rest in the finished work of Jesus on the cross we know that our works are not to be saved that our works are evidence that we are saved so Lord fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit today empower us to do good works, to show what we believe, Lord. Uh, we collectively say that we do believe and, and we pray that you would help our unbelief, that you would uh, work in our life in powerful and miraculous ways to strengthen our faith as we see all throughout your word. We pray that we can be a comfort to those around us at this time of uh, uncertainty and, and, and fear and anxiety for many. Uh, Lord, we pray that we can take the comfort we receive from you and minister that to those around us. We thank you again for this technology that allows us uh, to gather when we cannot meet in person. And Lord, we just pray that uh, in our lives, in your church at Sar Fellowship and in the world today, that your will is done on earth as in heaven. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've got a couple of things uh, to let you know about before you all disappear. Um, probably now, probably now more than ever at, at the moment, um, our professed faith, the faith that we tell people we've got, that should absolutely be showing itself during a pandemic, maybe more than ever. When the world is crumbling and, and falling around us, it's so important that we are there for people with investments of time and talent and treasure in God's plans and God's people. So I just want to really quickly run you through how you can still do that, how you can still invest time, talents and treasure uh, despite what is going on around us. So treasure, we've had a couple of questions uh, through the office this week about tithing and we've said that there will definitely be somebody here down here at the church office between 9 and 1 Sunday to Thursday and between 11 and 2 today Friday for you to come and to tithe, to give offerings, uh, to worship God, to give. And if you're part of a growth group, we've reached out to your growth group leaders and asked that they take an offering when you meet each week. And uh, so there are still... A mechanism for you to tithe and give and worship through giving uh, during this time. In terms of how you invest your time, uh, as a church we publish a daily devotional every day. We put out two, three, four podcasts a week and uh, we would encourage you if you've got a little bit more time on your hands to fill it with the truths of God's word. And in terms of talent and what you can do with your talents at this time, we sent out a few resources this week about Kids Church uh, we sent that out on the WhatsApp broadcast list and uh, we would encourage you to, to intentionally teach your kids about what's going on. We sent you an article about that and uh, 
spend the extra time with them, teaching them about Jesus. Last thing before we're going to love you and leave you. This week we are going to try and have a daily 9 a.m. prayer meeting on Zoom. If you've not downloaded Zoom, you can do it for your computer, you can do it for your phone via an app. And it's uh, like a conference call, FaceTime style um, app. Uh, it's a private thing, so it won't be public. You're going to have to get in touch uh, with the church, with me, to get the details of the, of the meeting, so to speak. So if you want to be part of a daily 9 a.m. prayer meeting, uh, send me a message. My details are on the church website, and we will have a time of prayer together Sunday through Thursday, every day at 9 a.m. So if you're going to be a part of that on Sunday next week, send me a message, and I'll send you the, uh, the code to get into this Zoom prayer meeting. Uh, before we leave, we read in Revelation uh, chapter 4 something that we should be working hard to keep at the forefront of our minds at the moment. We read in Revelation chapter 4, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Take comfort from the fact and the truth that God is still on the throne during this time of uncertainty, that he still loves you, that um, you, we will look back on this in a few years, maybe uh, in a lot of years, and see how this worked out to our good, to God's glory. And uh, we just pray that God blesses you this week, uh, God keeps you this week, he's make, he makes his face to shine upon you this week, he's gracious to you this week, he lifts up his countenance to you this week, and this week you are filled with the peace of God. God bless.